1: We're here with the Hollywood Life podcast. I am on my own today because Bonnie is taking a much deserved vacation. Um, And I'm so excited because we're going to have such a great conversation with someone who I am so proud to call a dear friend of mine. Um, We have Lindsay L. here, country singer. Songwriter, incredible human being, um, whose album "Heart Theory" is coming out in nine days. So, Lindsay, it's so good to have you here.
2: Girl, it is so good to see you, Allie, I missed you so much, and it it just makes me happy to even just get to see your face on the Zoom and hear your voice for everybody listening.
1: <laughs> Liz, I feel the same way, and I have to say, I like you know how Facebook has those things. It's like four years ago today. Four years ago, like three days ago, was my first ever interview in Hollywood Life, and it was with you. I remember that. That was four years ago. Four years ago, my first interview with you, and I always think back to that first time. Like it was my first time talking to like a celebrity, like even just like interviewing, and I was like so excited. And now, just thinking back to how far you've come, I mean. ACM award nominee, you—you're just like crushing it, and it's so fun to watch.
2: Thanks, babe. I cannot believe that was four years ago. That is insane. Yeah. Time flies when we're having fun. But, um, but wow, I still feel so honored that I was your first interview.
1: I feel honored that you were my first interview. <laughs> <gasps> I love that. So now, I mean, that was. That was way back when you had all all right coming out you were you know crushing the airwaves now you have heart theory coming out which is a whole new vibe sound brand i feel like for you tell me a little bit about it
2: i'm so excited about this album i have been working on heart theory for the last three years you know since my last album came out and um it was about halfway through writing this record when I realized, you know, I'm writing these songs in order of how I'm going through this time in my life right now. And um, I was like, how cool would it be to write a record that is in order of this process? And it becomes sort of my diary as Mm -hmm. I go through this this time in my life. I'm a huge nerd about a lot of things, but specifically about reading, um, reading up on like, therapy and personal development and like all through Brene Brown and, um, I know, she's amazing. And, um, and so I was like, how cool would it be to write a record around the seven stages of grief? And it start in stage one of shock and then move through shock, denial, anger, all the way through to the last stage of acceptance in track 12, where you can look in the mirror and accept yourself for everything that you are and everything that's happened in in your life to get you to this point. And um, and so I decided to do just that. I wrote a record that is in order so that a listener can hear it and slowly hear me unravel through each track, and know that if they're looking for support or empathy, hopefully I can give them that. Or if they're looking for inspiration of you know this is my journey and this is my process, and maybe they want to go do that in their own life, then this is sort of my roadmap.
1: And you know, I feel like when people might hear that and they're thinking, oh, the, you know, Stages of Grief, is this a heartbreaking album? Is this going to, you know, is this sad? What What is the mood? What is the vibe? No,
2: you know, I, I know when you hear something like the Seven Stages of Grief, you're like, wow, this sounds so heavy. But right. I really wanted this record to feel good. I wanted it to, to make you want to dance and like dance in your kitchen or dance in your car or wherever you're listening to it. And um, my favorite thing are sangers, I call them. They're sad bangers. They're like that? sadder lyrics or like heavier songs, but they're sung to like this groove that makes you want to dance. And, and so that's what I, I built the whole record on. I wanted these songs to feel good and you to listen to the whole album and be like, man, that was really enjoyable. And I learned a lot. So, um, so yeah, the feel sonically of them was just as important as the message to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, talk me through kind of each stage and how you kind of put it into words.
2: Well, a lot, of, a lot of the record, I was just writing exactly what I was feeling. And then it was like recollection after the fact to be like, oh, I'm in denial right now. This song is a denial song. Or this song is an anchor song. I was more just writing from my heart as a songwriter being like, this is what I want to write a song about today. This is what I wanna talk about today. And so it was kind of cool that once I finished writing all these songs, I just sort of laid them out and I was like, well, there, there it is, it, it, it's my process. It was my process and it can be now my diary as the roadmap just fell into place. So um, it was kind of interesting that I didn't necessarily go into a write being like, I need to write a song about depression today. Right. It was more just like, this song fits that stage.
1: And, um, you know, I love the kind of play on the track list itself that spells out with each of the letters and, you know, every few songs. Heart theory, how did you come up with that? Does that mean something specific to you? So,
2: yeah, I love the fact that we were able to put the the album title as like a hidden message in the track listing. Um, I just love being able to put like little tidbits for fans to discover on their own in there. Um, I... At the beginning of quarantine, I had no idea what I wanted to call the album. And I was kind of freaking out slash not sleeping. I don't think anybody was really sleeping well at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. But um, in, in the height of my insomnia, I would wake up and just start writing down terrible album titles, just like start writing down terrible, terrible things. <laughs> and yet I knew I wanted the album title to be something about like feelings and emotions and then something to be about like facts and like the science of And one night I just woke up and I was like, heart theory, that's it. Like theory is the science of music. And so this album is the science of a heart. When you think of like an experiment, you read directions and you do the, the step, the steps of the process. And this is like the science of a heart of how my heart went through its transformation time to go from not being okay, being overwhelmed, to doing all the work, to coming out the other side as somebody who feels completely whole and more authentically themselves than they ever have been.
1: Did you, and, and as you said, I mean, through those, through those three years, did you really go through that, that process of, you know, in the end, you felt it was fully cathartic, you were on the other side of it?
2: Absolutely. I think that as human beings on this planet, we go through moments of transformation through our lives in so many different ways and reasons, whether that's from relationships or, um, you know, losing loved ones or, or global pandemics. I mean, we, yeah. we just always are constantly evolving and constantly finding that deeper level of ourselves. And, and so, yeah, this was me being completely vulnerable and being like, I am now looking at heartbreak in my life, not even specifically one relationship, just heartbreak in general. Because I feel like when you when you go through a breakup, it causes you to reflect back on every past relationship, and you start to study like yourself and the patterns that you sometimes repeat, and how you show up right and how you show up wrong in your relationships, and and ultimately learn a deeper level of yourself through it. And so I feel um, I feel super grateful to have found the courage just to be as open as I can because I feel like my favorite songwriters are songwriters who do talk about like the minute little details and those little details in a lyric it's kind of counterintuitive because you think as a song gets more detailed it's less relatable right. but I feel as the song gets more detailed it's more relatable because like those little details that m- you may not have the same de- like If a song says gray sweatpants, for instance, I may not own a pair of gray sweatpants, but I own a pair of sweatpants. And so I can then put my details in that story and relate to it on a deeper level because it it just becomes more human. With the more detailed and being more vulnerable, the music becomes more human and I think more people are able to relate to it because of that.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I actually, I talked to James Bay about that because he's such Ah. an incredible songwriter and
2: James Bay, let me go. Let me go pick up that name right there. Yeah, right. There. right.
1: right. Yeah, uh, I just, love
2: James Bay. He is incredible.
1: Yes, and his songwriting is so specific, so specific, and yet feels so universal. And it's something that I think you know, incredible songwriters like yourself have you know mastered in in being able to have people relate to that for Absolutely. sure.
2: Yeah, he is definitely one of um, like a veteran in that art for sure. Yes, um, and
1: so is your your favorite John Mayer.
2: Thank you. Yes, is. Yes. Hey, Grace, what <laughs>
1: Yep. There you go. Um, so you know, I you did get very vulnerable in this album, and and you um, you had dropped "Make You" in the beginning of the months or of July, I guess I should say. Yeah. Cause it, it is August now. It is. Um, you dropped, make you in the beginning of July and you opened up about, um, some past trauma that you have experienced. Um, oh, great. Can you tell me just a little bit about that and, and your decision to speak about it and write about it?
2: Yeah. So three years ago, I went to a place called Youth for Tomorrow and they're an organization in the country that, um, deal with kids who've gotten into the wrong situations or, specifically age 12 to 18, who have been victims of sex trafficking and rape. And I went to their campus three years ago to help them launch their music program and ended up sitting down in a conference room with 12 other little girls and sitting down and telling them my story. And they told me their stories. And as I said more, they wanted to share more. And Allie, like you you heard the most horrific things. There's this 12 year old girl sitting beside me and she was like, Lindsay, my parents sold me to a sex trafficking company when I was little. And you were like, what? And yet here's this beautiful little girl with so much light in her eyes and her heart. And and she, she wasn't even burdened from it because of all the help with, you know, the people from Youth for Tomorrow. And so I walked away from that campus being like, okay, if I don't talk about my story right now, I'm holding back the opportunity to help other little girls like that. Or help little boys like that. Or help grown adults because I feel like, This happens so much more in our society than we want to admit. I feel that, you know, ignorance is bliss a lot of times, and it's difficult to talk about things like this, but it is so important. And if I would have had somebody to hold my hand, like hold 13-year-old little Lindsay's hand, and hold 21-year-old Lindsay's hand, and just tell them it was going to be okay, I feel I would have healed so much faster. And so I, I decided to... Write the song make you I decided to launch my own foundation called the Make you movement um, we focus specifically on disenfranchised youth um, you know victims of sexual violence and domestic abuse and I just want to make sure survivors know that they're not alone and if I can do anything in my power to help them heal a little bit quicker then I'll know I'll, I'll be doing good
1: and I, I'm sure you know it's one of those things even if you help just one it's you know enough um, When you went through that yourself, what did you lean on and and use, you know, to support you during those times?
2: Well, you know, it it first happened when I was 13. And so I, I didn't tell my parents for seven years. I think um, oftentimes as a survivor, you know, we all are on our different trajectory and we all are on our different um, paths and nobody can, can determine on, you know, a, a schedule or or timeline of, of how your process may go. And um, ultimately as, as a survivor, I mean, a lot of us carry a lot of shame around it. Sometimes shame that we don't even know how to address, but we, we under it's like underlying and we feel it. And so by writing this song for sure, and by coming up with my story, it has now normalized that shame. And, um, you know, from from taking so long to tell my parents to, now even just over the past gosh I mean the the first one happened 18 years ago and I feel like just six months ago I have reached like a new level of healing from it and so it's so um undetermined how every survivor finds that that level of healing but I think the first step starts with talking about it and telling you know people you trust and you know going to professionals and and just getting it out. And then you can truly, you know, do the work and dig in and and lift some of that shame, normalize that shame so that you don't feel it the same way.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today.
1: Did you have this story in mind while you were writing the album in full or was it many things that you were kind of working on stealing from in addition to this?
2: It was many things. I think that anytime we're in a moment of transformation in our lives, we address every single part of our life, you know, and, and I really have been looking even from, you know, the beginning of quarantine on, I've really been addressing how, um, unbalanced my life is from my own doing. I mean, I'm a workaholic and I love my job so much, but I, to a fault, love working all the time. And, um, and that has you know, shaped me in a certain way that I feel I can course correct.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and, and at the same time, it's also really teaching me how to um, find out who I am at a deeper level that I think is so powerful. Cause when we can tap into that like true identity and authenticity within ourselves, mm-hmm. I think it unlocks like a whole new level of creativity and of freedom and of confidence that you can't access unless you tap into that and constantly (laughs) tap into that. But um, I feel like through ways of like claiming my past and claiming the things that have happened to me, um, I've I've been able to tap into that a little bit and it's incredible what comes out of that.
1: I'm so proud of you. Um, so you, like you said, you, you wrote this in the past three years on, now through quarantine, there's also been, you know, a lot of learning that you've been doing as well. As you said, you started, um, a Instagram live kind of chat, living well, Yeah. right, with L, living well with yeah. um, L, well with Elle. I love it. Tell me a little bit about just why you decided to, to start this.
2: So at the beginning of quarantine, I was one, thinking I might go crazy not playing shows because I'm used to being on the road 280 days. And I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and also, it was just that all the news was so heavy. It was just a lot every time you you turn on the news or Reddit. And, and I'm just like, I want to find those good, positive stories out there and just mm-hmm. be like a little glimpse of sunshine to some of my fans' days. And so... Um, so I, I decided to start Living Well just to focus on the positive news and talk to some of my friends and and hear what's going good in their quarantine and just focus on positivity, like the silver lining amongst this time, this crazy time we're in. And so that's originally how Living Well started. And now I'm kind of excited about the future because I feel like I'm able to bring on guests that um, I can really talk about matters that, that mean a lot to me and that are mm-hmm. important. And, and, um, and hopefully, you know, through my foundation, we can we can even grow living well in, in a direction where we can, we can help a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Do you have a favorite guest or conversation that you've had that's really kind of stands out to you?
2: Oh, there's been so many good ones. Um, next week, actually we have on, um, which depending on when this drops, this will probably be out so people can look for it. But, uh, we have Becca Stevens. She is the the creator of a place called Thistle Farms. And Thistle Farms is an organization um, out of Nashville that really just help all women, like women survivors, um, any, like they just have so many incredible platforms and they help women around the world. And she is just such a force of nature. Her husband is Marcus Humman, who has written hits like Bless the, God, bless the broken road by Rascal Flats and Cowboy Take Me Away, and and their son is an artist, Levi Huffman. Yes, so there's right. like a, a power family, and she is such a badass. She's like a preacher, she's a scholar, she's a speaker, and so it was so inspiring to talk to her. And it's probably been one of my favorite Living Well talks.
1: Ooh, I can't wait to hear that. I love that, and I do know her. I've interviewed her son actually. Um, they are a powerhouse family.
2: They really, really are a powerhouse family. It's incredible.
1: Now, obviously, looking into the future, you will be on the road again at some point. Just what are you looking forward to most? What do you miss the most?
2: I miss seeing smiling faces in the audience and standing on stage and singing to them and hearing them sing back to me. It's like a feeling that you can't really describe in words. And... um, and I miss that so, so much. So I cannot wait to to get to see fans again and um, really get to bring Heart Theory to life, you know, on the stage. I cannot wait to play this album live.
1: When you play live, will you play it in order?
2: That's a good question.
1: You know, we've, we've
2: talked about um, doing a few shows where we do it in order, because I think it would, you know, be cool around the concept of the record. And so we probably will do that at some point. But um, but for the time being, um, you know, we'll, we'll just pick and choose for virtual yeah. shows. But I definitely think it could be cool to play it top to bottom. It's actually funny because hits me the way the record starts and ready to love the way the record ends is how we've been starting and finishing all our virtual shows. So maybe it just makes sense to play it in order.
1: <laughs> um, and then what is there a song that people, that you feel like is really going to surprise people or that you even reveal
2: something more that people don't know about you um, on the album that has yet to be released? Well, for sure, Make you was a big reveal moment. Um, there's a song called Good On You that I really, really love off the record. Um, it kind of talks about when your ex moves on and gets into a new relationship and how you can be so happy for them, like you are thoroughly happy for them, and then you also hate that you are so happy for them. And I just think it's like an honest song and I just love the groove of it. Um, as well as there's a song called Body Language of a Breakup that kind of talks about how we're so good at giving advice to all of our friends and their relationships and being like, no, he's not good for you, he's great for you. And then when we look at our own relationship, we have no idea, like, <laughs> we lose all of that clarity immediately, yes. we're like, wait a minute, I was so smart giving you advice, why can't I give myself advice? Right,
1: or take so, my own advice. Yeah, exactly. Like the blind leading the blind. Exactly. That's so funny. Well, and I see that you're spending a lot of time with your girlfriends and cords. well, now, at least, when people yes, start getting yes, back together. Yes. Um, what else have you been doing during this time? You know quarantine I've
2: been finishing the record at the beginning of quarantine it was so busy because um, I was you know recording finishing vocals and guitars from this very room in these four walls sending files to my producer back and forth so we finished this record in quarantine and I was putting in 16 hour days just working in the studio um, so and that was at the beginning of quarantine and then since then I've, I've really just gotten into cooking like I love cooking so much and we don't get to cook a lot when we're on the road because we're just Moving around so much, um, I also bought a bike and have been biking, which I love.
3: So I love
2: I'm that just for you. Doing, like little domestic things, which which has been fun.
1: I mean, you really, for the past four years, have been go 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 go. You have been nonstop. So, have you enjoyed this time? Have you been able to let yourself be a little bit?
2: Yes, um, through full struggle and trying to adapt to it, yes. Um, I have, I've, I've been able to embrace it fully and enjoy it. And now actually look at it as sacred, you know, being home. When before I used to hate being home, now I kind of look at it as as a safe haven. And so I definitely think it's gonna be different getting back onto the road. And I'm, I'm just gonna look at being home in a whole new light.
1: Obviously this new album is, is going to be you know your baby you're gonna nurture it for a while but have you been writing new stuff in quarantine
2: yeah, yeah. At, the <laughs> be- at the beginning of quarantine um matt Stell started this something called yeah. uh, the ground called penned up and uh we, he asked me to be a part of it so from the beginning we did every week together and we brought on like other friends of ours and um we originally were like, let's write 100%ers every week, which if people don't know what a 100%er is, it's basically where you write a song by yourself. Like you have no co-writers. Co-writing is such a Nashville kind of, of way of writing songs now. But, um, but I was like, man, before I moved to Nashville, I only wrote by myself. It was the only way I knew. Right. And now since I moved to Nashville, I only co-write with my friends because they're so talented. And so I'm like, I wonder if I explored co-writing or, or 100%er writing again. And so I wrote so many songs, just hundred percenters. And it was so amazing and like validating to do that again Yeah, and be like, okay, I write a completely different song by myself compared to bringing it into, into a co-write. So I have been writing, I'm always writing. It's always just part of the creative process and, and constantly, um, you know, creating new, new pieces of work. And so it's been interesting to like, be releasing this project that, um, that, you know, I worked so hard at and now creating this second thing or the next thing in, in the same light. Mm -hmm.
1: How has your sound evolved and even like your brand evolved from your last releases into what we are about to see?
2: I feel that, um, I've gotten a lot more vulnerable and a lot more open. And I feel that, you know, some of my favorite artists, the more vulnerable they get, the more they can connect with fans and and humans. And so as far as a brand. um
3: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.
2: I just want people to, to get to see me for, for who I truly am. And, like, I'm I'm a songwriter and I play guitar sometimes slash piano slash other instruments slash I'm a little bit of a tomboy and I love getting glammed on a red carpet and I'm just like a mishmash of a whole bunch of things and yet I still have a really strong heart within me who wants to do good and wants to leave an impact and wants to make a difference in this world And, um, and I feel that music has the power of doing that.
1: I couldn't agree more. And also, you don't just play guitar. You, you shred. You shred. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> you so sweet. <laughs> but I could not agree more, and, and I can't wait for the world to hear that side of you and see that side of you. Um, because it is so true. You are the best.
2: Thanks,
1: Alya. Love, love you. I can't wait to hug you in person when we I are know. allowed to be in person. It's gonna be amazing. Oh, it is never taking a second for granted anymore. I miss red carpets. Yes, I miss girl. just like sweating and like dresses. Like just give me that know. a gag, you know? I know, right? The the things that we took for granted before. It's true. It's true. Those <laughs> long days of glam and then yeah. peeling off your lashes at night. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: God bless.
1: Uh, bring well, Lindsay, on. bring it back. Bring it back. Thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything that you wanted to touch on that I did not?
2: I just want this album to be heard by as many ears that can hear it and the right ears that need to hear it, yeah. that it can inspire, you know, the right people. Um, and I just appreciate you so much for always being a believer in me from the
1: beginning. Always. Number one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Lynn. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi,
2: Allie, so good to see you.